back to the Cat Sounds Podcast. I am Brian McCollin, your host. What are we talking about this week? All right. I have, um, I made plans. Okay. Um, God, every, everything is terrible, isn't it? I defy you to point out one thing to me, which is not terrible. Okay, here on the Cat Sounds podcast, we've been following very closely the doings over at HBO Max, as fans of the show will well remember. So recently, like last week, came the absolute biggest HBO Max story yet. A little backstory here, again, uh, that you probably know if you are a regular listener. HBO Max is the streaming arm of Warner Media, as in Warner Brothers, the movie company that brought you Bugs Bunny and um, the Warner Brothers studio store, if you fucking remember that. Well, this story is going to cross uh, paths with that one here in just a second. Uh, Last week, Warner Brothers, the movie studio, announced that its entire 2021 slate, that's uh, all the pictures that they're going to release in 2021, is going to premiere on HBO Max. Uh, Not not the theater. I mean, it will be in the theater, uh, but it will also be on HBO Max for... um, at least a month on the same day, right? 17 movies in 2021. 17 movies that were supposed to be released in movie theaters only. This is uh, The Matrix 4 and Dune and apparently um, a Tom and Jerry movie, uh, whoever that is for, and Godzilla versus King Kong. Big movies. Movies that are designed to play in the movie theater. And uh, if you know the story, you might be giving me uh, the old, well, actually treatment right now. Uh, Yes. Yeah, they are coming to theaters the same day. Like I said, they'll premiere in the theaters. Yes. But uh, not a lot of movie theaters in the United States are open right now. One expects that to change, but you know. Nobody knows when, right? Um, But what's important about this story is that it is a shot across the bow, as they uh, used to say in um, pirating or or something. I don't know, sailing. Um, It is a shot across the bow at the movie theater owners. Uh, Do the Warner Brothers and their Warner sister Dot Warner mean for it to be? Uh, I was unsure of that. Probably not. I think they'd prefer to be living in a normal, ordinary calendar year right now, uh, just like fucking all of us would, right? Uh, but in their defense, uh, a few things, right? They have waited. They've waited. It's December. It's been almost a year of these fucking lockdowns, and the vaccine is finally here, except it's it's not. It's not yet. The truth is that uh, even if half the country had gotten the vaccine by now, local authorities in a lot of places, and in particular, big movie markets like L.A. and New York. Um, I, I live in the uh, the Southern California region, um, and, and I can say just the way things are around here. Uh, I live in Orange County, and um, 
you know, we're, we're pretty gung-ho about opening here. Our leaders uh, are not interested in, in the science, or they haven't been for a while. But nevertheless, you know, um, it's still a lot stricter here than it is most places. Uh, if for no other reason than, than, than just for the statewide mandates from our governor. So, uh, like I was saying, if half the country had gotten the vaccine by now, and then, uh, you know, and in particular in, in these bigger movie markets, when the theaters finally opened, those those the- theaters uh, would still be requiring masks and limiting capacity. You're going to see both those things for a good long while. Um, I would be surprised if that changes before 2022. You heard me right. Uh, is that bad? No, I guess it's not. I wear my mask like um a good sheeple and it doesn't really bother me. But honestly, I wear it when I go in a store or otherwise conduct whatever momentary transaction. Right. I don't wear it in my house. I'm not wearing it. I'm not talking through it to you right now. Um, rarely am I even around other people who I know. I'm a single man and I live alone. Uh, practically everything in my life is on Zoom right now, uh, including, you know, all work and school. But going to the movies is not a momentary transaction, right? Uh, it's not like walking into the supermarket for being there for like nine or ten minutes. Uh, you go to the movies for a few hours. And yeah, nothing wrong with the mask. I can certainly do it for a few hours, but... um. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, truth be told, I, I really barely go to the movies. Um, I've really just outgrown it over the course of my life. For me to go to an actual movie theater now, there has to be a movie I really, really want to see. I need to be desperate to see a movie to get me in a theater uh, at age thir- 38. Um, if I had children, I'm, I imagine it would be different. It's It's a fun thing for a family to go do. I don't have a family. Um, <laughs> did that sound resentful? Uh, I meant for it to. Uh, last year, um, the movie that I really wanted to see in the theater was Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Frank Sheeran. I said that right? Yeah, you said it right. Uh, under the contract, management can only fire a driver on very specific charges. So, you have a show up late? No. Do you have any moving violations? No. Do you drink on the job? No. You ever hit anybody? On a job? Yeah. I don't think so. All right, then. We don't have nothing to worry about. But you know what? I could not even go um, because it didn't come to any theater near me. You got rewarded. A friend of ours is having a little trouble. friend at the top. Back then, there was nobody in this country who didn't know who Jimmy Hoffa was. No real studio would put up the money to make a movie like that with a budget like that in the current market. So that movie came from Netflix and uh, they put it in some theaters. But like I said, none near me. And I again, I live in Southern California where that's almost never a problem. If there's a small movie, uh, it, it comes everywhere. Uh, I mean, it comes it, it comes to Southern California. You can see it in a, typically a lot of cities around here. So, I mean, I think overall, um, Netflix didn't really put that movie in, in hardly any theaters at all, uh, other than to qualify for awards nominations and, and, and to say they did, right? 
Uh, but the point is, if you think I'm going to wear a mask and risk some child, somebody's child coughing COVID onto me to see fucking Black Widow or something, that would be an incorrect assumption on your part uh, about me. But, um, you know, a lot of people do love to go to the movies still, and I have no doubt they will go. But the question is whether enough people will go or would go. You know, if, 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 for instance, Warner Brothers was pushing full steam ahead with these movies playing for any appreciable amount of time in the theater before you could watch them at home. Um, you can't make your money back on a movie if not enough people go to see it, right? Uh, I, I think that's really... Um, you know, this is this is not the master class in in the film industry for me to have to explain that uh, the movie market has become a total arms race in terms of production budgets and marketing budgets. They make big movies now almost exclusively. These movies um, are, are massively budgeted one way or another, and uh, the studios bet the house on them. A respectable performance is a failure in that world. Even if a movie doesn't cost a tremendous amount of money to produce, it's going to cost plenty of money to, to market. There's no getting around it, right? Um, even back in the 90s when, um, you know, we would be kind of sold these uh, mythologies about these independent movies that would come out. And, um, you know, uh, like the Blair Witch Project or uh, Clerks. What kind of convenience store do you run here? Miramax Films presents... You think anybody can see us down here? Why? Do you want to have sex or something? Uh, can we? Clerks, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? Featuring new music by Soul Asylum, Corrosion of Conformity, Bad Religion, The Jesus Lizard, and music by Alice in Chains. The idea that these, that these movies cost almost nothing to make and that that was really impressive. And um, it, in one sense, it was, uh, particularly in the case of Clerks. Uh, and there are other movies like that. But that, that they got that to look as, as much like a real movie as it does. Even though, yeah, I'll grant it doesn't look like much of a real movie. But, um, you know... That doesn't mean, you know, and certainly in both those cases and in the cases of um, a lot of other movies like that, it cost a lot of money to promote those movies and to distribute them, right? Uh, just to, to print that on a bunch of film prints and send it to your town costs a lot of money. And, uh, and to advertise it costs um, plenty more, right? So, um, you know, there's just no room in, in the business at this point for stuff like that. Uh, you know, um, because no movie like that is ever going to be a huge hit in the theater. Again, the kind of people who used to go see movies like Clerks or, um, you know, Blair Witch Project might be a little different. There is still an audience for horror, but, um, you know, it, it not enough of one. Um, it's, it's the rare movie, the rare horror movie now that, that can even really, um, make it in a movie theater. Uh, the kind of movies that people put a lot of money into now and, and are even worth distributing, they're almost invariably movies that you can take a kid to, e even if they appeal to people of a lot of ages, right? They are things like um, Marvel or Star Wars or... Um... Meanwhile, 
uh, HBO Max, the streaming service, has not done well. Uh, it has not added tens of millions of subscribers like Disney+, Plus, nor like Netflix, who had the huge advantage of basically being first in the streaming market, or at least uh, the first one that mattered. Uh, other people, they watch Hulu, uh, which is basically almost entirely owned by Disney at this point. Um, Apple has a streaming service, and I, I think that nobody but TV critics watch that one, and, and they're fickle about it, uh, I, I, but I do get it, uh, at least for another month, and then my free year from Apple uh, will expire. I, I don't intend to renew that, um, but you know, I, a lot of people, they just watch YouTube. Um, they don't, they don't want, they don't pay for any of these things. They just watch YouTube, or they look at TikToks, right? Um, and plenty of us listen to podcasts and, uh, you know, those three things are for free. Uh, there's, you can, you can pay for YouTube and there are a lot of podcasts that, that you can pay for in one way or another, but there's a free version that that's not that different typically. Right. Uh, it's not like one of these streaming services where, you know, seven, 10, 15 bucks a month doesn't sound like a lot until you spend a month realizing you haven't seen anything on there that you thought was worth paying money for, right? Um, it's competitive. It is competitive. Uh, I, I don't know what you would even call this market. I guess the overall attention budget market, you know, um, it, it could include music too. And, and any number of other things that, you know, the things that people spend their time doing when they want to pay attention to something. Uh, it is a really competitive market and HBO Max has not done anything so far that made people want to run out and, and sign up for it. You know, I get it, but I've, I've been an HBO customer for a long time. Um, you know, uh, I was a pretty easy sell on it, uh, but that's not true. That's, you know, if you if you're talking about Disney Plus or something. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, head of the Walt Disney Company. Cut. Cut. <laughs> what was wrong with that? Michael, it, it just doesn't have enough feeling, you know? Feeling from the heart. Stop, stop, try it again. Feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay, you want feeling? Right. I'll try again. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Cut! Cut! Cut. I haven't even gotten through the first sentence. Michael, Michael, Michael. People with kids, uh, their kids are going to clamor for them to get Disney Plus, which costs about half as much as HBO Max, right? Um... You know, and, and and there is a lot of there's a lot of value in the the HBO brand and also a lot of the content on there shows like Friends that uh, Warner Media just owns the rights to and, and can exploit on that platform. But clearly it has not been enough yet, uh, you know, even in a year where everybody's trapped at home. It has not, um, you know, clearly it has not won the hearts of, of the public at large. Right. So right now, uh, the theater business is bad. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, most of them are closed. But uh, even when they were recently open, a lot of places like around here, um, they were not having a good year. Uh, there's no way, you know, speculatively speaking, there's no way you could plot those 17 uh, Warner Brothers releases on the graph for 2021 and come up with anything like 17 hits, right? Now, that's always true uh, in any year. You know, um, 
a lot of these movies, they always know a lot of these movies are, are not going to perform up to their expectations. And, and at least a few of them are probably going to outright fail. Right. Um, but this year it could be fatally true. Uh, if Warner brothers just dumped those movies into the market, you might watch them get black eye after black eye after black eye. And then what, uh, you have a failing film division in addition to that failing streaming service I always I already described, right? Um, this is a public company. This is AT&T. I'm not a big fan of AT&T, as, as I have made clear on prior episodes of the Cat Sounds podcast. Uh, you know, but, I, but I, I will concede to them that this is a public company. Uh, in, in a, it, it's AT&T at this point, right? Um, and, and, um, you know, even in this very narrow corner of that company, this is called show business. It's, it's not show. It's, it's not show. It's not, it's not show hobby. It's not show hobby. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I don't like that any more than anybody else, but, um, I, I, I don't deny that it is true. I, I don't exclude it. I, I don't exclude it from my analysis when I talk about these things. Uh, now, um, not everybody has that view. This announcement uh, has gone over not so well. <laughs> and, and let's be clear here. This sounds great for the consumer. You're telling me I can get the new Wonder Woman, the new Suicide Squad Matrix released to my home? The day they're released, that sounds great. But now one of the most successful and highest paid directors in Hollywood is not mincing words, saying this move is a bait and switch and accusing the studio now of telling the movie makers, hey, you're going to have a theatrical release, but actually it's going to go to a failing streaming service. Speaking out about Warner Brothers announcement, saying filmmakers went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. I spoke with Nolan this week about Warner Brothers decision. What do you think about that Warner Brothers move and what does that mean for the industry in the next year in the year after well i don't think it i don't think it means that much for the industry because it's i mean it's it's kind of a mess strange decision uh very controversial here in hollywood i mean you've got some of the top filmmakers in the world some of the biggest stars kind of waking up to find out you know they thought they were making these big movies for the big screen and now those movies are you know two billion dollars worth of movies are going to be used as a loss leader for a fledgling streaming service it's a huge bait and switch they're all very upset about it. There's, you know, it's it's kind of a mess. But the good news is that our movie isn't part of the mess. Now, again, Warner Brothers said this is a one-off. They're just going to do this for a year, trying to make it through the pandemic. But you argue, what when we get all used to getting all these movies released at home? Are we going to stop having that movie-going experience? We don't know. In some places like New York, we have to leave the city to see a movie. Theaters have not opened here still through this pandemic. So there's a lot of recovery need to happen, but we'll see what the industry does. Um, but let's let's run down the history a little bit before getting into spe specifics. Uh, in September, uh, on September 3rd, after multiple delays, Warner Brothers released Christopher Nolan's Tenet. We talked about it on this show a few weeks ago. Nolan is the director of many huge, enormous blockbuster films that Warner Brothers has released, including all three Christian Bale Batman movies, of which I think anyone would tell you The Dark Knight was the best. Um, but he also directed Inception a decade ago and Memento way back in 2000. 
not that one, not for Warner Brothers, uh, an Interstellar five years ago, which was a Warner co-production with Paramount Pictures. It's like we've forgotten who we are, Tom. Explorers, pioneers, not caretakers. Well, we used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. Did you see that one? Did you see Interstellar? Where McConaughey goes to space? I rather enjoyed it because I like him as an actor and I like Nolan as a director uh, and sci-fi as a genre. And, um, and, and I like stories about humans leaving the Earth to go to space, uh, the subgenre uh, in general, right? So that movie was up my alley. I liked it. I, I saw that one in the theater. Um, but these movies tend to rake in a lot of cash. Interstellar made almost $700 million, uh, which is significantly more than just respectable. Um, you know, Dunkirk a few years ago was also his. Um, and that was a huge prestige movie in a way that, uh, that not all of his are, um, you know, but, but yeah, this, this performance, it's more than just respectable, even though it's far from, uh, the, the kind of box office money that it was 25 years ago. Um, I think it's pretty understandable why you'd want to be in the Christopher Nolan business if you were Warner Brothers. Um, but that was not the case with Tenet. Uh, it only did about $360 million uh, worldwide, with uh, $300 million of that being international. Uh, cost about $200 million to make. In Hollywood math, that is a failure. Uh, now, anybody uh, who is analyzing the issue reasonably has to concede that the pandemic had everything to do with that number. Uh, I, I don't know how you deny that. Many theaters were just closed in big markets. Uh, New York, I think, was closed. I think every theater in, in the state was closed for the entire time that movie was out, right? Um, that's a big state. Uh, it's more than, than just New York City. Um, everybody knows that, that the number attached to Tenet would have been significantly higher absent the very strange year in which we find ourselves. Um but as I spoke about a few weeks ago, how much higher? Tenet was basically the only big movie that did get released this year. But once it failed to do big money, everyone else got scared off from even trying. Uh, so we don't have a control group, right? Um, by which we could determine what Tenet's real number should have been. Uh, but the story is more complex. Uh, I, I still haven't seen the movie. And I want to, because like I said, I am a fan. Uh, I, I imagine the movie is for me. But at this point, it is obvious that it's not for everyone. It is apparently, from what people say about it, a, a difficult to access movie. And I'm not referring to finding a theater in which to watch it. Um, it is a mind-bending, narrative-twisting puzzle, much like Inception. Except this time, there aren't millions of people like spreading good word of mouth buzz about it at least that not that i've heard and uh inception was everywhere Every, everybody wanted to talk about it everybody wanted to argue about how it ended i, I you know it's been crickets for 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 tenant this year at, at least to my years right and if warner brothers thinks that that failure 
was ultimately Chris Nolan's fault. As, as I've said on this podcast before, you will not see him get another opportunity like it. He'll either have to do small movies, probably direct to streaming, or he'll get to do big budget theater movies that have some other hook to get people in the door. Uh, like more superhero movies or, or otherwise pre-existing IP stuff. But back to the history behind the history. Another huge Warner Brothers release that suffered delays this year was Wonder Woman 1984, the, the sequel to the first Wonder Woman. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. The time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. It is a can't-fail superhero sequel. I will concede that. From where I'm sitting, it's probably the movie that Warner Brothers has reason to be uh, the most confident in. Uh, out of everything that, that they've got um, uh, loaded up and ready to fire right now. Um, the first one came out not long ago, and it was a huge hit. And, uh, and the superhero genre still seems like it's, it's huge right now. Uh, although we don't know, because... Um, if the public has at all lost their flavor for it, we haven't seen a Marvel movie come out in a while. So I'm sure everybody uh, working anywhere near any of those movies has the concern that, that people's appetites for that stuff is, is going to come out on the other end of this pandemic. Not what it was when, when we went into it. Um, so yeah, Wonder Woman got delayed because COVID's it went from uh June to August and to October. And in October, the last time they announced a new delay, which was to late December, Wonder Woman 1984 director Patty Jenkins had some words on the subject publicly. On October 8th, um, apparently some people uh, were fighting about this on Twitter, but it looked like to me they said they thought that a simultaneous theater and streaming release was coming. Uh, but Patty Jenkins quote tweeted it and said this correct direct to streaming is not even being discussed. We are still 100% behind the theatrical experience for wonder woman, 1984 and, uh, supporting our beloved theater business. Now I, Brian McCauley sniping to myself over here in obscurity said bull fucking shit. That's bullshit. Uh, it's not even being discussed. Lady, get real. <laughs> nobody believes this shit uh, or nobody should if they do. And it really is that um, that not even being discussed part. That's the giveaway. What does it give away? Well, that's an interesting question. Um because I know it was being discussed. I guarantee you it was certainly being discussed at that point. Of course it was being discussed after the failure of Tenet um, approximately a month earlier, right? Um, it's crazy to think anyone would, would believe that it wasn't being discussed. Uh, but the question is, because uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know much about Patty Jenkins other than apparently she's a very talented director and made this very successful movie. Um, and she, and, and has other very big movies, uh, forthcoming. Um, but my question relative to that, not even being discussed thing, th does she know that? Um, 
That's the interesting question. This is a billion dollar franchise at this point based on very old IP that is proprietary to Warner Media through a series of mergers and acquisitions dating back decades. Um, these are the business decisions in this business. They are not the creative decisions that this movie would would, would not go to theaters or not go to theaters exclusively and, and, and would go to uh, HBO Max. So Patty Jenkins, uh, for all I know, may, may not well have had a vote in this decision. I imagine she didn't. I, I imagine um, she certainly, certainly didn't have a vote that would have changed anything, right? Something about it felt so right that I just was like, you know what, that's, 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 that's actually pretty incredible to get to share whether, you know, it's Christmas for people or not the holiday season. And in this moment to just try to reach people, however they can see it. I, I, I'm so grateful. I just think it's like a, it's like, it's film. I make films because of communion with audiences. That's the point, you know? And so this is it on such a heightened level to just try to use a movie to 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 say like maybe we can give this maybe and and the theaters asked us to do it as well saying it it would help us if you would release it for the places that can have people come so yeah it's cool it's super cool the, the timing so if you are the decision maker in a case like this the question is whether it's worth spooking the director if you're still unsure what you're going to do um, but I have to believe, all due respect to Patty Jenkins, that the tweet was, was just a, nakedly a falsehood, even at the time she said it. So I said she didn't get a vote, and strictly that's true, but nobody would want to piss her off either. She is a big-time director, not unlike Chris Nolan. Um, and there's also a very real legal threat, because people like Patty Jenkins, they, they share in the gross, typically. Uh, by contract on a movie like that. Uh, reportedly, and this was re reported this week, Warner preemptively paid her and star Gal Gadot. Uh, that's the one who, who did the Imagine video. Hey guys. Day six in uh, self-quarantine. And it, it goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven. If you remember that, uh, each of them got 10 million bucks um, to compensate for the fact that it, it was announced uh, right around Thanksgiving that this movie is only going to HBO. Uh, it'll be in the theater, too. Uh, good luck. Uh, it, it's coming out around Christmas. It, it might be Christmas Day. Good luck finding a theater in the United States in which to watch it. Um, but th that's neither here nor there. Um now, I have no knowledge of their contracts or what they say or how much money uh, this movie was was estimated to 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 be expected to do. Um, Ten million might be more or even substantially less than they expected to take off the top of this movie. Um, but if it's the latter, you know, if it's less, I doubt they could recover whatever amount of money it is that they had in mind. That's because such an amount would probably be based on what this movie should have done with no pandemic. And that's the problem, right? Um, we do have a pandemic. We have an ongoing, terrible, global nightmare pandemic. So, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe Patty Jenkins just thought that, that uh, Warner Brothers 
they just thought very optimistically that Warner Brothers was, was going to hold this movie like indefinitely. And then it'll come out after the vaccine has us all safe. But of course, uh, as the sand is falling through the hourglass, people are forgetting about Wonder Woman, right? Um, you know, the best time to come out with your sequel is like the, the you know, a month after the first one. Meaning to say it's never too soon for the sequel. If the original was huge, right? Um, you know, the longer you wait, the more people forget about the sequel. And and that's why, you know, um, you see these movies come out now that are trying to revive old franchises and, and the public like just doesn't have the appetite for it. Um, you know, I, I don't know why that Ghostbusters movie didn't like capture the zeitgeist a few years ago. I didn't see it. Uh, but that's the thing, right? When I was a kid, I was hugely into Ghostbusters. I would not have missed a Ghostbusters movie. Um, but I, I just didn't care. I had no interest in it. And, um, you know, like children who are born and living and alive now, I don't know what would make them interested in it. You know, uh, apparently there's another Ghostbusters coming out that, that's going to be like more of the original cast. And I, I, I don't care about that either. Um, you know, if, if 10 of my friends say it's really good, I'm sure I'll end up watching it. But, um, you know, the, the window is is closed. Uh, the best time to show me Ghostbusters 3 would have been in like 1990. Uh, I think, right? What was the second one? Like 87 or 88? Whatever, like two years after that, whenever it was. That was the time. That was your window. That was when the iron was hot and, and you should have struck, right? Um, now, obviously, Ghostbusters... Uh, was a lot longer ago than Wonder Woman, which was just a few years ago. But there's no denying that, you know, over time, uh, just kids get interested in other things, right? You have a core audience who will probably see it no matter what, whenever it comes out. But um, again, these huge movies need to succeed with every audience, right? Um, they can't afford to to, lo- to have kids wanting to go see something else at the movie theater. So there was real pressure, uh, to do something with this movie, um, to, to get it into audiences hands, so to speak, somehow, you know, uh, people may very well have just been getting over Wonder Woman as a property and, and moving on and getting into other things. Um, because that's just really normal that that's standard for movies like this and for superhero movies in particular. Um, and even if they did, they pushed it, like say they pushed it back even further at that point. Right. Um, and we're, we're already at this point with, 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 t- I mean, tenant was delayed and then this was delayed and, and, you know, it's a chain reaction of delays, right? Once you're doing that, um, you got to start pushing everything in the future back as well. You got to move, uh, Dune and the matrix four and, um, and the rest of those 17 movies, um, you know, to as to avoid competing with yourself at the box office, right? They're like these things can't all come out on the same day. Um, and, and of course, attendant to pushing those movies is the same calculation about you know whatever disappointed stars and directors ex- expected to make more money or to make money sooner, right? Um, to the extent they have points in the movie, like again, it's a big assumption on my part. That, that Gal Gadot and uh, Patty Jenkins did on this, but but I am making that assumption. I, I think it is true. Um, so anyway, 
Warner makes this move last week and uh, about the 17 movies. And there's an odd silence at first. Um, it was too quiet, uh, I thought. Um, like nobody outwardly freaks out right away, which is very Hollywood because um, nobody in this industry has any balls whatsoever. Um, so then Chris Nolan of Tenet fame, right? Uh, first guy to like weigh in in, in a big uh, brash public way. Um, and he's fucking furious. Uh, he is furious or so it reads from, from, from his comments. Uh, he's British. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it disrespectful, but he clearly was like not very thrilled with this. And, um, and then of course, everyone else comes out of the woodwork to back him up about how unjust this decision was. Uh, but here's the quote from, from Chris Nolan that I want to share with you. In 2021, they've got some of the top filmmakers in the world. They've got some of the biggest stars in the world who worked for years, in some cases, on these projects very close to their hearts that are meant to be big screen experiences. They're meant to be out there for the widest possible audiences, and now they're being used as a loss leader for the streaming service, for the fledgling streaming service, without any consultation. Christopher Nolan, uh, as told to E.T. Online. Um, okay, a uh, few things about this quote. Uh, for number one, um, I, I I wouldn't really call this a loss leader for the streaming service. Um, because it, at this point, if there's a loss that, that anybody in this very big sprawling company's entertainment division is trying to mitigate, it's fucking tenant. You know, like, get real. Um but two possibilities here. Uh, one is that these movies should come to theaters exclusively, right? Or they should not. I think most people, myself included, think many of them, uh, not all, but many, uh, uh, including the ones I've mentioned, are better experienced in the theater. He is right when he says they're meant to be big screen experiences. Uh, further, were the filmmakers entitled to some notice when he said uh, without any consultation about this situation? Were, were they should Warner Brothers and HBO Max and Warner Media writ large have um, have, have gone to these filmmakers? I don't know. Um I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I don't think it really matters because I don't think a single one of these filmmakers might be able to do anything to, to change Warner Brothers mind. There, there, there was perhaps one filmmaker who could really push them on a decision like that. Uh, that is Chris Nolan. He did so push them. It failed. Um, it exploded in their face. Right. So, um, you know, again, it took a lot of balls to, to come out with these, um, you know, these, these very uh, abrasive public comments, right? I want you to imagine a slightly different scenario. The first one of these movies that, that, that is in this plan to go to HBO Max the same day as the theater 
is something called The Little Things, and that'll be on January 29th. It's a Denzel Washington movie. Um, you know, the idea that it's their January release doesn't make me very confident in it, but maybe it's good. Uh, he's a great actor, and he, he's done great work uh, that was distributed by Warner Brothers in the past. Um, and it's got Rami Malek and Jared Leto, uh, who are both also very talented. So th- this could very well be a quality movie. Uh, but here's something that you can be sure of. There's zero chance in the fucking universe this movie was going to play in any American theater on January 29th, right? Um, we are rapidly escalating toward further lockdowns rather than easing right now. Um, most theaters are not even open, as I have said. So Warner Brothers could have said, uh, okay, surprise, The Little Things is coming to HBO Max. They, they could have said that sometime in the next month. Um, and maybe, uh, those stars, you know, Denzel at all would have complained, uh, and maybe they wouldn't have, but they probably wouldn't have after Warner brothers wasn't even going to try to roll out wonder woman a month earlier. Right. Uh, can you really complain if, if you have a much smaller movie and then they're, they're still, um, they're, 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 they've still decided not, not quite even a month earlier. You may, I think it might be like 35 days earlier. Wonder Woman will will be out on streaming, um, so I don't think they have a claim of of any uh, um, that they, that they're entitled to a theatrical release for that movie, however good it may be. Uh, so you know, uh, imagine imagine there's no heaven again in my hypothetical scenario. Imagine that they make that announcement and say good night and good luck. The little things. So next one is Tom and Jerry on March 5th. So lots of reason to believe we'll be in no better position then. Um, the coronavirus, as much as I do not enjoy saying it, could very well be fucking worse by then, you know? Uh, so maybe in February, they say that's going to HBO Max. They say Tom and Jerry is now going to HBO Max or they're delaying it maybe or whatever. And you know what? They could have done it again uh, with David Chase's Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, also due in March. And they could have just kept doing this. Um, and it would be like, you know, uh, and again, I, I don't if they had done it this way, I don't think you would have seen a lot of big public pushback from the filmmakers because I think every filmmaker w- would have said, um, well, you know, when it comes time for my movie to come out, it'll come out. Um And it would have been like that Martin Niemöller quote about the Holocaust. He said, uh, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out uh, because I was not a trade unionist. And then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me, Uh, which is, is a very moving quote. Um, but I do employ it here to say, you know, first they came for the little things and I was not the little things. So I did not speak out. Then they came for Tom and Jerry and I was not Tom and Jerry. And you get the point, right? I don't mean to compare Time Warner to the Third Reich any more than they deserve. OK, I mean, um, I just mean it would have been a very effective way to shut everybody up who might be complaining about this, to do this incrementally rather than in a, a big stunning announcement like they did. And whose fault is this? Uh, I would say, and I think generously, 
that it is nobody's fault. Um, it is it is not there's no single person who you can pin the 2020 clusterfuck on, uh, despite, you know, people who, who are very angry right now offering all kinds of candidates um, exemplifying all kinds of uh, dislike. I, I just don't think you, you can lay what's happening now at anybody's feet. And, th- and that extends to the entertainment industry. Um, Warner Media made a decision. But um, how much you can criticize that decision comes up against a hard wall when you start asking people what alternative they would recommend. Lots of people are criticizing this. Nolan, Patty Jenkins, though uh, it's obvious she she wants to be diplomatic and not torpedo her own movies. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, who used the preposterous phrase, films that you and I make to Patty Jenkins during some kind of absurd virtual Zoom symposium for Variety this week, um, as though there's any commonality between the two of them. And uh, now Dune director Denis Villanueva um, has disapproved. And let me say, this explosion of criticism has occurred entirely since Nolan spoke out a few days ago. This is why anytime some celebrity is deemed brave, for making a completely uncontroversial political statement, I literally lull. It is not brave. Um, You know, uh, when the world calls on Hollywood for bravery, it comes up perpetually empty. Um, There's no bigger industry of cowardice than the movies. But if you did want to blame somebody, if you had to, why not Chris Nolan? Everybody's hopes that this was going to go any other way were pretty tied up in 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 Tenet's September release. Uh, everybody, Warner Brothers and, and, and industry wide, you know, people were really watching Tenet to see how it would do and to see if he could really be making money out there in theaters during this pandemic. Um, I talked about this a few weeks ago and again now. uh Nobody really knows whether the pandemic really chilled expectations for that movie or if audiences didn't want to see it because it is a weird and unappealing and difficult to describe and has no big bankable stars except maybe Robert Pattinson. But um, he ain't exactly Tom Hanks, right? Oh, and by the way, that movie is 150 fucking minutes long. Uh, which means two things. It is it's it's too long, period, for a lot of people to sit through, and movie theaters cannot show it as frequently because there are only so many hours in a day, right? But uh, as I alluded to before, Vulture reported in July that amid Warner pushing for an international release, you know, in countries that were doing a lot better than America. Um, pushing for a release in those countries ahead of an American launch because um, America was roiling in in COVIDs. Uh, But Nolan pushed back and he said, no, he wouldn't do that. And there you have it. He bullied them and he got his way. And of course it blew up in everybody's face. Uh, It's a, a classic story of a director ego run amok. And again, as I said, a, very talented one, um, a, a, a very, very talented director, perhaps even the best of his generation. Um, but this plan was ill-advised. Uh, now he thinks he should also 
be able to control how they release other movies too. Uh, so, you know, he's thumbs down on these 17 movies in the, the HBO Max. Variety had a story today about the situation. Could Warner Brothers lose its superstar director? Said the headline. Uh, well, yeah, I surmise they could. Or, or rather, you know, that's one way of describing it. Another way is uh, whatever he wants to do over there next, whether they want to be part of it or not, it's going to be just a little bit uh, heavier of a lift for him and for them, you know, to, to, to get the whatever production that is in motion. Uh, he is a unique talent. I, like I said, I don't deny it. He can probably make great movies anywhere, but um, he's not going to find a mere, um, he's not going to find a more theater friendly distributor in the current environment. He's just not. Um, and he spent the last year shitting all over that at every opportunity. Um, if he does take his business elsewhere, you can expect you probably won't see him in a movie theater at all because the only people shelling out the kind of production budgets he's used to, um, and, and which I, I don't think he would know how to work without at this point are places like Netflix, maybe just Netflix. Uh, Disney puts up big money and seem committed to theatrical release, but that's only if he wants to make a Marvel or a Star Wars movie. Might even be limited to those two, right? But something like that. Um, they have zero interest in indulging his original odd science fiction curiosities. Maybe Paramount Pictures, who we, we made Interstellar with, uh, but I have serious doubts. They're going to be aggressively pushing their own Viacom-centric HBO Max competitor very soon, and they're going to be doing it from a position, you know, starting the race several laps behind HBO Max. So I don't think they're going to want to uh, sign up to send Christopher Nolan away to summer camp, but, you know, for $300 million, whatever, whatever, whatever it ends up being. And I know doing it uh, this way uh, is a way to promote HBO Max, putting these 17 movies on there. I, I don't deny it. Uh, like I said, it, it's not managed to fly without its training wheels yet in any real sense. And uh, and for all the criticism, you can't argue that this isn't going to drive subscribers to that platform. I understand that that is not how Chris Nolan wants it. But fuck, again, show business. Show business, not show hobby. And Chris Nolan decided a long time ago, many pictures ago, that he wanted to be in bed with the money people and not with the art people when it came down to it. The guy is worth 200 million bucks. If he wants to pay me to go see one of these fucking movies, well, consider the offer extended. But if you want my money for the privilege, I have no plans to so venture forth into one of your movie magic super spreader symposiums anytime soon. And, uh, cards on the table. I say it often. I think theatrical is never coming back from this. I, I thought, uh, thought it was already long past its peak pre pandemic. When you see record grosses worldwide, that's fake. Um, the only number that matters, uh, is, is how many tickets they sell to a movie. You'll notice you never see it quantified that way, right? Um, the point being, you know, movies are, are just not as popular as they used to be. And, um, and and it's been declining for a lot, a long time, a lot longer than, than people let on, right? 
Um, you know, go look at one of those uh, adjusted gross top tens. It looks very different from the one you're going to see uh, that, that just lists it in pure dollars as though, you know, the dollars gone with the wind was making had any reasonable relation to the dollars Avengers Endgame made, you know, a year or two ago. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was past its peak pre-pandemic. But whatever optimism, and yeah, it's a real kind of pessimistic optimism, uh, but whatever optimism I had for a long, slow, graceful exit where one day AMC and Regal just don't open some morning and nobody notices because it just fades away. I don't see that happening. I think it'll be quick and ugly and your local municipality is going to have a real glut in the market of retail zoned space available in an unfortunately sudden way at exactly the wrong time. And it does make me sad because I have loved the movies all my life. I worked at AMC when I was a teenager. Teenagers can't get jobs at Netflix unless they want to give foot massages to some Jeffrey Epstein elite pedophile to land a role in the kissing booth for. And yeah, that makes me quite sad. Um, it makes me sad that the world I grew up in is fast fading. But you know what? We should remember how bad things are out there for regular people right now. You know, I'm a regular person. You're probably a regular person. It's a nightmare. Regular people do not have $200 million. Some guy who's about to lose his restaurant in Pennsylvania isn't locked in a debate about art and whether the experience of the restaurant is the same online. You can't really put a restaurant online. They tried putting it in the parking lot, and now apparently that fucking isn't allowed either, says local governments, right? Um, and I'm not criticizing it. I just want you to understand how tough a time it is out there. Really, really very truly. You know, some lady who poured her life into trying to start a hair salon is locked right now in a debate with her creditors. And both her and the restaurant guy will soon be locked in the bankruptcy court. And what do you know? Maybe they'll meet in the courthouse and fall in love. That'd make a good movie, wouldn't it? Uh, hey, Warner Media. You got my number. It's the Cat Sounds 24-hour voicemail hotline at 949-484-9724. Give me a ring. I'm full of great ideas. But anyway, um, even those people who are about to lose their businesses, uh, maybe they won't lose everything. Maybe a lot of them can land on their feet because uh, they're scrappy. You got to be to start a business in America these days. I'm more worried about those people just sitting at home, you know, Ordinary people who lost their job or they are uh, about to. They're living under constant threat uh, of everything being taken away from them. And Congress, um, you know, really thinks only of itself and its rich benefactors who the Paycheck Protection Program surely succeeded in protecting the paychecks of through a backdoor crooked process that prioritized people who already had strong commercial banking relationships. Um, you know, uh, I, I used to scoff at this idea of, of bailouts for Wall Street, not for Main Street. But, um, you know, uh, this one's pretty hard to ignore. I didn't think this whole like bailouts for Wall Street, but not for Main Street thing. I didn't think it was fair to, to apply that to the programs a decade ago um, for things like the troubled asset relief program. You know, that was repaid, uh, you know, 
by the by, by the people who were paid. That money was repaid. Um, all this bullshit with the Paycheck Protection Program. This is a way for the very very rich to have the government, you know, pay for them to keep their secretaries, you know, for for a solid six or nine months. And it's ugly. It's very ugly. Our leaders have failed us in both parties consistently. You know, never, never has anything exposed how incompetent our leaders are. How every time they, they pitch us on, on how some crisis is going on, how full of shit they are. Because, you know, the second we're in a real crisis, they're exposed a, 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 as clowns. You know, it's, it's not any different than 15 years ago, what we, what we watched the Iraq war become. You know, um, there's one thing all those militarists in the Bush administration and Congress should have been good at. It was war, right? They weren't. They fucked it up. And, and we're back there. We're back at square one with the same shit now. But anyway, the people who are sitting at home are maybe about to lose that home. If it's an apartment, kicked out. I got bad news for everybody saying cancel rent. It doesn't work like that. That's not how economies work. It's just turtles all the way down, defaulting on each other. Um, We are staring into the abyss right now. And the only thing we can be sure of is that we haven't seen enough of it to know how deep the bottom's going to be. But do you think Christopher Nolan spent three seconds giving fuck all of a fuck about any of those people this year? Uh, Amid his big, important, weird movie and its importantly, tightly controlled release. uh, And now other people's big movies. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he has. uh, But you wouldn't know it to listen to him talk lately right here. So sad note. uh, Sad note. Sad episode. um, But you can go sign up for HBO Max if you want to watch these movies that are starting to come out soon. Uh, or not, um, you cannot do that because there are better things to drop $15 a month on. Uh, like I was telling you, people have a lot of choices these days. The choice is yours. You know, so make it or fuck off or whatever. Um, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Big thanks to Christopher Nolan for giving me some filler to ramble on about this week. Big thanks to Congress and the president for forcing politics into every square inch of American life, but managing, you know, not to do a goddamn thing that'll make any difference in an actual national emergency. My finals are over now for school. Uh, So, yeah, I guess you can expect to be hearing more of me. (laughs) I'd be shocked if anyone's listened this far. Um... If you celebrate the holidays, I hope that you have happy holidays. I do. Maybe you just celebrate your own birthday. Well, if that's the case, I hope you have a happy birthday. I'm Brian McCauley, host of the Cat Sounds Podcast. Our music, as always, is kindly provided by Frogbelly and Symphony. Please do check them out on Bandcamp and at frogbellyandsymphony.com. Be well. Take care of each other. Peace. Give thanks. Live life. And release. Take me, got me.